This is the Defenders podcast on TV podcast industries, and we're talking about Loki season two, episode four, Heart of the TVA. It is getting worse. That's not another power surge. Let me investigate. Someone's trying to reboot the system. I can't access it. I'm being locked out. Well, marking this just isn't necessary. They're up to something. What's happening to you? Taking me offline. I'm losing my cognitive facilities. I only have moments left. Victor, I need to tell you. I need to tell you. You'll never be him. Hi, I'm Miss Minutes, and the ta 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 ta. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. This is the Defenders podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we are talking about Heart of the TVA. It is episode four of season two of Loki. I am one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. Just two of us this week. Yes. Uh, It's all kicking off at the TVA. Oh, yes. Really is. Um, Lots of action in this episode, I'm going to say this right up front. I am so glad this episode came around. I had mentioned last week that uh, I even was suspecting that Loki wasn't for me as a season by the time I got to episode three. I'd liked episode one, didn't like episode two, sort of liked episode three, and then this one comes in. Great moments, great acting, great scenes with everybody, and what an end to this episode. Absolutely. Fade to white, uh, as Uh it were. And, of course, a much better proposition than McDonald's. Mm-hmm. But Pyland, I would go there on holiday for sure. Not sure about just key lime Pyland, though. Well, I am talking about a variety of pies. Yes, yes. yes. More, than, more than one option, I think, is what we're looking mm, for, right? Yum. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think there should be a drive through fast food chain called Pyland, indeed. Mm, very good. Could we call this um, a TVP? Island, <laughs> we could <laughs> indeed. <laughs> I yes. like it. John. I, like it John. I like it too. But before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion, fellow defenders, uh, remember you can pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to any mischievous or godlike podcast catcher of your choice. You can send in emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com for our feedback section and head on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries where you can comment, theorize, observe all things Loki season two Mm -hmm. on our spoiler posts that we put up each and every week uh, as the episodes come out. Absolutely. I want to give a quick uh, shout out. Uh, Chris, our other host, isn't here this week, but he did get the opportunity to sit down with Matt Murdock of the Boston Blockbusters podcast to talk all uh, spoilery uh, about the books for Wheel of Time after the end of uh, season two of Wheel of Time. Uh, That episode released on the 29th of October. Uh, Go check it out on Busting Blockbusters. Uh, You'll find a... Very interesting podcast, I believe, for book readers. Uh, I can't listen to it because I haven't read uh, the Wheel of Time books. But if you want more Wheel of Time after season two, an excellent season of the show, uh, go check that out um, with our book-loving super fan, Chris. Yes, indeed, mm-hmm. Chris. 
deep in the books of Wheel of Time. Absolutely. Um, but we are going to go deep into this episode of Loki, Heart of the TVA. Yes, mm-hmm. we get to the heart of the matter indeed. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Well, the show is created for TV by Michael Waldron, of course. Uh, This episode was written by Eric Martin and Catherine Blair. Catherine is also one of the executive story editors on Loki, of course, and uh, Eric Martin has written every episode of Loki Season 2. Indeed, yes. Mm. Okay. So, yes, a a firm footing here in the writer's room. Oh, you can really tell that everything's been building to this point now. Yeah, definitely. As we get to episode four. Does that change any of your views on some of the previous episodes? Not really. Um, I I still think they weren't as strong as they could have been. Um, Definitely needed a few more passes uh, and a few edits uh, to those episodes to make them better. Um, I don't think there was anything in those episodes that I didn't like that couldn't have been removed, I suppose. Uh, Particularly, as we mentioned before, the Golden Arches advertising uh, should definitely have been removed from the show. But I'm not going to harp on to that uh, because this is a good episode. And I think part of the reason for that is because it's, again, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who directed episode one of Loki, which was a really good episode. And they also directed episodes of Moon Knight, which I really loved as yes. well. Just announced yesterday, apparently Benson and Moorhead have been tapped as lead directors for Daredevil Born Again, as all the the previous creatives working on that show have been removed from the project. They weren't happy with what was coming out uh, for Daredevil Born Again uh, and have restructured it, bringing in new writers and directors, including Benson and Moorhead. So I have even more hope for that show. Yeah, absolutely. That would be good. Yeah. And also interesting, uh, the new writer was announced, the new lead writer for the show uh, was announced, which is Dario Scardapane, who we know for his writing on Netflix's Punisher show as well so uh, amping up I would say some of the violence that we'll see in Daredevil Born Again and the rumours are that the first four episodes featured Matt Murdock mostly in court not in the Daredevil suit until episode four so if you bring on uh, someone who worked on The Punisher which was punch punch shoot shoot fight fight uh, for a whole two seasons um, you're probably looking to amp up the violence right? I guess so, but I mean, also it it depends on the source material so I mean, you know, the, the, the point here is Dario is a good writer created some really good stuff in the Punisher uh, around that source material. So hopefully mm-hmm. does the same uh, with Daredevil. So Absolutely. it's a little bit different, but yeah, he's got the um, action chops yeah. uh, here. So, you know, it might not necessarily be some kind of bloody gore fest. It could just be maybe the understanding of the source character, the source material, and how that fits into the action sequences. I mean, ultimately, like the Netflix Daredevil series did as well, um, which was just fabulous. And the reason why this character is so popular. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. But really interesting news. And again, as I mentioned, uh, Benson Moorhead coming in to direct episodes of that show after uh, their work here on Loki. So good stuff. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Loki 204, Heart of the TVA? Sure. Miss Minutes reveals her big secret to Ravona Renslayer. In the past, Renslayer commanded He Who Remains' his army. He proposed that Renslayer lead the TVA with him, then had Miss Minutes erase the memories of Renslayer and all other TVA employees. Back at the TVA, as the temporal loom reaches catastrophic failure level, Loki and his allies attempt to use Victor Timely and Obi's throughput multiplier to fix it. It is revealed that the sources of Obi's and Timely's knowledge are each other, creating a predestination paradox. Renslayer and Miss Minutes attempt to take over the TVA, approaching the detained X-5, General Docs, and her loyalist Minutemen for help. 
Only X5 agrees. Docs and her loyalists instead choose to be crushed to death by a gleeful Miss Minutes. Mm-hmm. As he's investigating a hot cocoa machine with Hunter D90 as protection, X5 prunes his guard and kidnaps Victor Timely, taking him back to Renslayer and Miss Minutes. While staging a rescue, Sylvie and Loki encounter his time-slipping past self. Loki prunes his past self, telling Sylvie she'll understand. To prevent her from taking full control of all tempads and the TVA itself, Obi resets the system, deactivating Miss Minutes and the TVA's magic-suppressing devices. While Loki distracts X5, Sylvie uses her magic to enchant him, forcing him to prune Ravona Renslayer. Timely is rescued and is able to restore access to the temporal loom, but the loom's increased temporal radiation spaghettifies him before he can launch the throughput multiplier. The temporal loom explodes, and the blast wave spreading towards Loki, Mobius, Sylvie, B-15, Casey, and OB in the TVA. Well, that's it. That's the final episode of Loki and the (laughs) end of the MCU. Yes. All over now. All dead. Yep. Yes. I was quite shocked how many people died in this episode. Yeah, I was. I mean, when Renslayer was pruned, I was like, okay. Hang on a second. Where's this going? Yeah. And yeah, the squishing of Mm -hmm. General Dox and her men. Yeah. And the erasure of Miss Minutes, the destruction of Victor Timely, the death of everybody that's in the TVA itself as the entire timeline explodes in front of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a big, big episode. Uh, we'll talk about all of our major moments or our variant moments uh, for the episode, of course. But uh, right up front, as I said, um, this was an epic episode. I had, you know, it's not the same level, of course. You know, something like Avengers Infinity War is one of the biggest movies of all time if you're into action movies and uh, blockbuster movies. But there's a moment in this that felt like the end of Infinity War where your heroes lose and they're going what do we do now and they're going no no we've lost it's done it's over like that's the moment where you have Mobius going hang on a second what just happened there (laughs) you know Um, so it really felt like a big moment so I'm delighted to have this uh, on on this episode of Loki yeah absolutely but let us get into our top five variants Mm -hmm. for this episode Heart of the TVA yeah Let's kick off with variant one, Miss Minutes' secret. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, big cliffhanger from last week's episode, as she uh, says to Renslayer when they arrive at the former utopia at the end of time, or the the castle at the end of time, that she has a secret that Ravona Renslayer is not going to like. So yes, it's revealed it's gonna here. It's going to make her yeah. angry. Very right. angry. Yes, and very it angry. does. Yeah, it does. Yes. It's revealed here that Renslayer was he who remains partner. Yes, at least in name. Hmm. For sure. She was the leader of the army. She's the one yep. that sorted out the war that was between uh, all of the other variants, I believe, uh, of He Remains. Wasn't that the original uh, description that he had back in season one? Yeah. Um, so she's the one that solved it. She's the one that won the time war, I guess we're, we, we could call it. Um, I'm, I'm, or maybe I'm picking up a bit too much Doctor Who uh, <laughs> there. But um, but effectively, he was saying, I can't wait to lead, lead with you. You go back and you're going to lead the TVA. And then... Uh, turns around to Miss Minutes and tells Miss Minutes to wipe all of their minds. Yes. So he becomes the last man standing. Enforce Protocol 42. Mm-hmm. Execute yeah. Order 66. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I like this whole kind of, you know, she helped him win, commanded the armies, and ultimately it is that betrayal moment mm-hmm. uh, where then she is erased, um, along with every other employee of the TVA, yeah. And then, of course, she maintains this position for him, keeps him there 
I guess, in office mm-hmm. at the end of time uh, as she is Judge Renslayer. Yeah. So, yeah, this is really duplicitous from He Who Remains. Yeah. And uh, it kind of comes back to what we saw in the first episode. A couple of times this season, there's mention of how big the TVA is, how long it's lasted. You know, it's outside of time, so you don't really know how long it's been there. But OB mentioned that he met... Uh, Mobius 400 years beforehand and Mobius has no memory of meeting yeah. Obi. So there is that whole element that has been talked about multiple pl- times. All these people have had their mind wiped. You kind of get that because they don't remember that they're variants. They don't remember that they're in the TVA um, and they have lives outside of the TVA. So, um, so yeah, I guess it may have been done multiple times that their yeah. minds have been wiped uh, over and over again. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased that they revealed this big secret straight off the bat. Yeah. Um, after Miss Minutes kind of drops that little um, nugget for Renslayer at the end of episode three. Mm-hmm. But interestingly as well, once that truth has been revealed to Renslayer, you have Miss Minutes saying, we don't need him. Maybe we never did. Mm-hmm. So again, sort of the lover scorned here, uh, bringing Renslayer into that as someone who effectively has been betrayed. And mm-hmm. um, not only at that moment uh, of their victory, but yeah. also from her previous encounters there with Victor Timely from the last episode. So, yeah. yes, setting up that they are going head-to-head with Victor Timely here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, really good uh, opening, I thought. Absolutely. Speaking of the opening, and I kind of mentioned Doctor Who and the Time War uh, there a minute ago, that opening shot as they go into the planet that's exploded where uh, the castle of He Who Remains was, just absolutely beautiful. It felt like the opening credits of Doctor Who when it yeah. goes through the time stream effectively. There was a lot of um, Doctor Who kind of vibes in, in this episode as yeah, well. But Even I, some of the music and how it was filmed. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But I guess with a 60-year-old show about time travel, uh, the longest-running sci-fi show of all time, yeah. I guess you're going to reference Doctor Who uh, in there. But I just thought it looked amazing. I love the planet itself, broken into multiple pieces um, and still has this the, the decayed castle uh, on uh, on the the surface of it um we also you know i don't think we even mentioned it last week the corpse of he remains has clearly been there for maybe centuries maybe maybe decades it's decayed quite far past uh, it just being a couple of weeks since it happened so yeah um so yeah so that's quite interesting but uh but i thought it just looked amazing it looked really cinematic yeah superb opening um mm. let us get into our variant two though yes uh, docs and her men go squish yes Yes. Um, this was really interesting because we started out with uh, B-15 um, coming in and, and speaking to Docs and her men and X-5, uh, trying to convince them, look, if you are truly passionate about saving the TVA, so are we. We care for all the people that work here. We care for the timelines. Come back on our side. And that was following the conversation she had with Judge Gamble, where she tried to convince B-15 to get Docs to work back with them. Um, Doc still refuses at this point. Um, yeah. And then they're left alone uh, to discuss what's happening. And we find out that all of them are fully aware that X5 became Brad, went back to the 70s, set himself up on the timeline as a a movie actor. And they're all very unhappy with him, even though he's trying to tell them to all work together to overthrow B-15 and Loki and everybody else involved in the TVA. So so I kind of liked that we have those discussions about where their loyalties lie after Dox's plan of blowing away all the all the branches on the timeline. Definitely, Um, and I like that whole thing, you know, with uh, Judge Gamble saying, you know, in the past we would have just pruned them; it would have been clean, efficient. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
B15, you managed to convince me otherwise. And mm-hmm. um, so you go and do the same. And, you know, the, you can sense the mutual respect between B15 and Docs. And I mean, that comes out later uh, because we have Renslayer and Miss Minutes tempadding into that cell yeah. in order to try and get Docs and her Minutemen, along with um, X5, to join them to take over the TVA. Absolutely. There's one little moment I like about this as well. As the uh, time door opens in the room, when they're all arguing with each other, there's just a moment's pause before Renslayer and Miss Minutes pop out of the door, and it's just that anticipation about what's going to happen next. I really yeah. liked how the, how it was directed because it could have been anybody coming through the door. Uh, we weren't 100% sure uh, of what was going to happen there, but it's just that moment of anticipation that's just really Definitely. well played. Yeah, really and, liked it. And I love just how this followed through where that trust or respect, at least between her and B-15, follows through to the point that she rejects Renslayer's uh, proposition mm-hmm. um, and her other Minutemen follow suit with the exception of X5 who I guess is still way too taken with his life as Brad the movie star yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well that's the offer that Renslayer puts on exactly. the table says anybody that joins us has an option of going back on the timeline with their own life which is all Brad wants and they have the option so they could stay in the TVA if they wanted to or she knows she'll, she's going to yeah. get Brad. Um, he wants he wants to go back there. He wants but, his life back. But you know there is that defiance where once Renslayer and Miss Minutes decide effectively to kill them mm-hmm. uh, because they're not going to be loyal to them, that you have Doc saying it was a great defiant line. You know how does it feel knowing that even with this situation, none of us want to join you. Yeah, you know I see things clearly now at mm-hmm. the end as to who you are um and i I really like that sign off from docs although it was done really really well and again just you know miss minutes sort of gleeful face you know the the psycho clock um reveling in the the sort of squishing of Mm -hmm. all these people you know and it just the contrast with x5 who is like just shying away from mm-hmm. that, presumably because, you know, he's been very close to that point as well. He knows uh, that feeling. So, yeah. But they didn't have um, the kind of hesitance that Loki had when he was uh, torturing X5 with the machine. We all know Loki's on the good side now. He wasn't going to kill X5. Um, but here with Miss Minutes, there's no even follow-up conversation as this um, box is slowly crushing them. Um, Miss Minutes is staring at it, smiling, laughing. Uh, Renslayer is looking at X5, but there's no other offer to Docs. You and your men had your offer. You've refused now. Now we're going to squish you out of time and space. Yeah. It was it was pretty brutal. It felt like a real horror moment, even though we didn't see it. I thought Definitely. it was um, thought it was good that it was kept off screen. Of course, you can't uh, you can't show that on screen. It would have been very brutal uh, to show it in there. I think we see the reaction of B5 when she comes into the room and sees the mess that's left behind. I think. I yeah, guess that's what she's seeing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is really good. It's just setting up the, this opposing factions now of Renslayer, Miss Minutes, uh, and X5. And I, I love how, you know, okay, that's three of them, um, very thin on the ground, say, compared yeah. to 
all the remaining Minutemen in the mm-hmm. TVA, as well as Loki, Sylvie, Mobius, you know, and yeah. so on. Uh, but they do have Miss Minutes, who mm-hmm. is intimately linked in with the TVA. Absolutely. Here. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I really kind of like this. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it felt meaningful. Like, yes, I don't think we need to see the squished bodies. No. I think the reactions from X5 and B15 are enough. And indeed, mm-hmm. Miss Minutes, in terms of sort of her murderous uh, joy at what she's doing. And mm-hmm. um, so, so good. Yeah. you know, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get on to variant three of our thoughts about Loki, one of our one of the other big moments here, because we have Victor Timely arriving through the time door. Yeah, he's um, at the TVA. Yes, he uh, is. Everything that Sylvie didn't want to happen, mm-hmm. but she has been merciful in not killing him back in Chicago in mm-hmm. 1893. Yeah, yeah. But a, it's really well played here with Jonathan Majors. Again, you've yeah. got a character coming from 1893. Yes, he has been able to imagine the TVA, and he's been reading uh, the documentation, the the uh, the handbook that was written by obi um but when he's actually there you know something like an entire hallway lit by fluorescent light bulbs will be something brand new for him so they have little nods along the way of little things that he sees that he can't comprehend or wants to really investigate because he's got that scientific mind um but really this point is all about him working with obi and casey um we have a geek out moment uh when timely meets uh, meets Obi. Yeah, complete loving. Absolutely. Yeah. We talked before about his name, Ouroboros, uh, being the snake that eats its own tail or infinity. That's the, the meaning of it. And it's called out 100% here for the audience. Obi wrote the handbook based on the work of Victor Timely. That was his mentor. Victor Timely learned everything he had created reading the handbook that Obi had written. So this is all going around in a massive circle. How does it work? They've caused some kind of paradox uh, in normal uh, sci-fi terms that without the other, they wouldn't have been able to exist or they wouldn't have been able to yeah. create or do what they do. Um, so what does that mean? What, what's the? How do you explain that? Um, how did that par- paradox come about? How does it possibly exist? You know, is potentially, is OB a variant of Kang, a variant of Victor Timely, of He Who Remains? You know, know? In disguise or something. Something yeah, like that. maybe. You know? could, could easily be that, you yeah. know? Because um, there's I- an interesting moment, as OB says, I wrote this entire handbook based off learning from Victor Timely and then asks him what his name is. So yeah. you're going, well, then they haven't met or OB doesn't remember meeting him. No. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is interesting because it's that notion of just, you know, Ouroboros, it's the whole thing of the snake eating itself, mm-hmm. just that con, you know, continuation, uh, circularity of, of, of predestination in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it could be something like that, but I also think I, I would probably sort of refer back to this when we come to our variant five, because I mm-hmm. do feel that there's a, someone above all of this doing something okay yeah yeah entirely um, possible. and i think that it's no accident that that is what's happened with yeah. these two i get you uh, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of mm. having these devices at this moment in time and yeah. you know we have sylvia and loki talking about predestination um and you know free will and yeah. i i think there's there has to be some element of that here. Yeah. And I think that is to the paradox of why these two, uh, you know, feeds into that, uh, is that paradox as to why these two, um, have effectively without 
ever meeting prior to this point mm -hmm. have been working off each other's work, which is in effect the work of the other. Yes. Um, and <laughs> as a result have led to the formation indirectly, directly, mm -hmm. and the technology used to do what it does um, at the TVA. Yeah. For, and let's say it, for the, ultimately for the purposes of He Who Remains yes. or Kang. Yeah. So it could just be that this alternate is going by the moniker of Kang rather than He Who Remains. Right, right. And that's possibly his big red herring yeah. here. I mean, I it, it's difficult to know. It is. Uh, but, but it is really There's a lot of hints in this to me that there is something outside. And I don't see how it could be any other way given the ending as mm -hmm. well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also do find it interesting that uh, Obi calls out that it's Victor Timely specifically yep. that he learned from. Not he who remains, not Kang, not another variant, not someone that looks exactly. like he who remains. He specifically calls out Victor Timely. Given that Mobius and Loki were sent out to look for a variant of yeah. he who remains, he never mentioned Victor Timely at that time, so he didn't know that yeah. Victor Timely was a variant and of he remains. And it's fortuitous so, yeah. that Victor Timely's prototype is the thing required for the throughput multiplier mm -hmm. in order for it to be used in the temporal loom mm. in order to w widen um, the the capacity of the temporal loom to deal with all these branching yeah. timelines. Fortuitous and or predestined, John. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I really, you know, I, I liked, I liked this, this meeting of the two. Mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoyed Obi's. I've done this scale model, <laughs> um, but it's not to scale. Yeah. Uh, I've not put any figures in the... Um, I've only given I'm one actually, lick of paint. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually quite embarrassed that Victor Timely is here to yeah. witness it effectively. Absolutely. I thought that was a really nice little touch absolutely um, and i loved you know, even the fun little the fact that he had taken time to create a sign that said not to scale on the model just in case anybody <laughs> criticized it i've only had time to make one character uh the fight between mobius and loki as to whether the character looks like one or the other of them because neither of them want to be the ones to walk out to the time loom uh, and risk their lives again so uh, i thought that was a lot of fun uh, and sylvie kind of looking on at everybody going you do realize that every second here is creating <laughs> decks of thousands event, of exactly. people or millions of people on each of the branch timelines, you know, which kind of leads into our next variant, yep. variant four, uh, Sylvie finally working with Loki, but it does take a lot of time here. Um, she is so offended almost by everybody else taking their time, working on their plans. Yeah, okay, the TV sits outside of time, but time is still going on, on outside the TVA and yeah. people are dying. You know, I love these moments. I loved her anger to Mobius because I think mm -hmm. it's really interesting. Just, I just think it's a nice little touch with Mobius that, you know, in a sense, he, he does but doesn't want to know about his variant and what life he could have had. And I love mm -hmm. Sylvie's almost righteous anger here, you know, this is just another bad day at the office for you um, where, you know, it's just branches on a screen. It, it, it's that detachment from the reality that is happening where people are, are dying. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, that's, that's linking into this godlike element, which she's almost rebelling against her own characteristic trait as that variant, Ooh, yeah. uh, as yeah. a god. You know, and she just says, you want to eat pie mm -hmm. uh, when all of this is going on. And, you know, and it's questioning him, you know, you know, you have a variant and you've never once looked to see um, how maybe you lived on one of those branches mm -hmm. as uh, as the person rather than 
being sort of taken out of time into the TVA. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked all of that. I like Sylvie then. Is it good luck or bad luck? Is it predestined or otherwise mm. that she takes a wrong turn into yeah. Pi Land? Um, I think that's a total lie. Mobius said he was going to get Pi. That's where he was going. She happens to end up at the room. I think she regrets uh, giving out to Mobius the way that yeah. she did. And I do but, like that Loki defends Mobius yeah. here in the sense, you know, he's just trying to see in the dark like the rest of us. Exactly. You know, we don't know what the future is going to hold here. We're just doing the best we can. Yeah, and and also says without Mobius, the branches that are there wouldn't exist. He's yeah. been defending them as has B-15. So, um, so yeah, that's really important. Uh, I love their conversation. Really, really yeah, like it. it um, as Loki's kind of being challenged himself for um, for working for the TVA, for TVA now becoming his most important focus point. And Sylvie kind of going, look, I did come back to help you. And Loki's kind of going, but, you know, you weren't here when I needed you to be here. If you hadn't done what you did, this whole problem wouldn't have happened. If you didn't kill he, he who remains uh, yeah. at the end of time, then we wouldn't be in this position. Also, uh, Obi did have a pretty good go at her for that as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've ruined my life. You've ruined every day since you did that, basically. Yeah. But uh, I like how Loki says to Sylvie, you know, yes, you saved Timely, Victor Timely, but you also saved all the people on those branches as well. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just about saving Victor Timely. Um, I love, you know, those three statements around hope, you know, again, you know, hope because i hope that the tva is actually good after all of mm -hmm. this that hope that timely's uh prototype actually works and indeed hope that timely in and of himself doesn't become he who remains yeah you know there's a lot of hope here mm -hmm. and i didn't have you down for an optimist exactly <laughs> and that he is putting all this faith in you know victor Timely, OB, and Mobius. Yeah. And that's a lot of faith to be dishing out yeah. in this circumstance. And there is just that interesting moment as well in the conversation where Loki says to her about um, maybe we can monitor Victor Timely when we put him back on the timeline. Yeah. And she goes, um, that sounds quite familiar as he's saying we can monitor and make sure the timelines don't uh, diverge off from the path that we're setting them on. And she's kind of going, but that's going back to exactly what he who remains did. Yeah. That would be us playing God. And Loki, of course, reminds her they are gods. He is the god of mischief, as is she. Yeah. So, uh, so it's really interesting when we got that highlighted back in episode three as well, when, uh, when Mobius and Loki saw the statues of Thor and Odin um, and Baldur the Brave, that Loki is a god. He's one of them. He's one yeah. of those gods. So I wonder, will that play into what happens after the end of this week's episode as well? Well, that's it. Because, I mean, Loki has the point here that, you know, you've unleashed free will here. Mm -hmm. And yet you're also trying to stop Victor Timely yeah. um, going against that free will that he may have as yeah. to what he wants to do. Um, and, you know, there's that conundrum at the heart of this. Mm -hmm. And Loki's like, well, it's up to us to do better than he who remains, as she exactly. says, you know, effectively playing God. So yeah. uh, th this was just really good conversation. I think it really got to the, I thought it was really critical for the whole nub of this episode. Absolutely. And um, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It, it does make me laugh, though, just thinking of it in the in the future. So if this works out to Loki's plan, right, as he's talking about it here, where they put Victor Timely back, if everything had worked out, and they monitor him to make sure he doesn't go against uh, their plan for the timeline. So again, everybody gets free will, but a monitored free will to make sure that... Um, 
nothing really, really bad happens. And then you wonder if Loki returns to his original personality in the future, if he's watching over this stuff, and then as the god of mischief, he decides to mess with it a little bit. You know, what could happen in that future? Or will Loki keep this personality that he's developed within the TVA here, within this this TV series where he's no longer the god of mischief at all? He's the one that monitors everything and doesn't mischievously act yeah, within yeah. the timeline. So I do wonder how that would play out. But I guess we'll never find out if that ever happened, because... Yeah hey, we get to the end of the episode. <laughs> exactly, which I think moves us on to our variant five. All plans fail. I would add an epilogue to that title okay. of, or do they? Because... Mm. Well, yes. I, yes. Do, I do think here there is the significant potential that they are all believing that they're operating within free will, mm-hmm. but actually are being manipulated in a godlike manner and predestined to do what they need to do, but they just don't know it. Mm. And I just think there's, you know, these conversations between Loki and Sylvie that we described Uh there for Variant 4, I think, you know, hint at that. But also, you know, as all these plans seemingly unravel and fail so like with the reboot of the system Uh when you have miss minutes being taken offline as she's kind of powering down she says victor i need to tell you something you'll never be him Mm -hmm. because he isn't because him still remains and you know (laughs) him still remains exactly (laughs) outside of this and i i think you know renslayer all this acting against uh, Victor Timely and He Who Remains, Mm -hmm. even that dropping of that secret, I guess, that you could put in inverted commas Mm -hmm. by Miss Minutes, it's to bring them towards an end where they're at the TVA at the same time Mm -hmm. working on a plan. I mean, that Victor Timely has this prototype. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I'm expecting... um, to have the bigger bad of Kang, in a sense, coming yeah. from uh, from this. Yeah. Uh, and that even, you know, the spaghettification of <laughs> Bolognese, <laughs> of Victor Timely, right, okay, yeah, yeah. is to distribute the essence or the temporal aura of He Who Remains throughout the t- throughout time right yes yes we probably need to explain this a little bit more for those who haven't uh, followed along uh, with uh, the loki show or and ant-man um because that's probably where these two things are so closely tied uh in ant-man we actually saw kang the character of kang there is a version out there that has that name yeah in loki we've only seen victor timely and he who remains so he who remains is the one that sent miss minutes with the plan to victor timely where he would eventually after 25 years build this device that was essential to be in the TVA at this specific time. Mobius and Loki go and pick him up, bring him back. And now we have Renslayer and Miss Minutes here back in the TVA all at the same time. So what you're saying is effectively the plan of He Who Remains is for all of these things to happen at exactly the same time, which will bring about all of the variants of Kang, all those ones that we saw at the end of the post credit scene of Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's a massive moment tying back in with that final Absolutely. moment where there are infinite number spread out across all multiverses, all timelines of 
this Kang character spreading all out from Victor Timely. So fascinating idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's almost as though this is all being a red herring in order to ensure the supremacy of Kang across all mm-hmm. the different timelines. Or he who remains. Or that's he the, who remains. That's the one thing I'm I'm questioning exactly. on. Is it Kang? Is this the he who remains that we saw last season and, and Loki? So interestingly, we talked about last week, could Miss Minutes be the big bad for this season? It isn't. It's potentially a character who died at the end of season one. What a cool idea. This could be He Who Remains' plan is turning him into the villain of the second season as well as the first season, even though he's not actually here, which is cool. And again, from season one, that, you know, maintaining this sacred timeline so that you don't have all these variants, Mm -hmm. maybe that is the job of He Who Remains. And it is one of the variants that has taken on the moniker of Kang Mm -hmm. that does actually want to stop that so that he can be all-powerful. I mean, we have... The, the speech from Victor Timely at, in Chicago saying this is about power. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this variant with the moniker of Kang wants to make sure that that power is his mm-hmm. and his variants throughout time. So mm-hmm. it's effectively, you know, it's the evil he who remains as opposed to the more, you know, shall we say, at least relatively speaking, benevolent mm-hmm. form of he who remains, you know, so yeah. Kang has got the tash, you know, um, and I, I kind of I, yeah, I, I like that. And I think that Miss Minutes is ultimately in on that secret yes. um, and is doing her dutiful duty. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, let's talk about some of the scenes itself as all of the plans fall apart, though. It's, I love that speculation. I'm really interested to see how the other two episodes of the show, if there are any, uh, play out. Um, but I do like how it all falls apart. Um, we mentioned, obviously, Sylvie finally working with Loki, but the next scene after that, effectively, is the two of them working in a really horror moment. It feels like something out of, um, let's say, Marvel horror. It feels like something out of uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse yeah, of Madness. very cool. Uh, as X5 walks into the darkness um, as the lights go out and you hear Loki's voice saying, how about a rematch? And X5 is uh, turning on his... his um, pruning stick uh is that what they're called pruning stick oh yeah have i got that right yeah i guess so (laughs) pruning staff if you want to be more gandalf about it (laughs) yes but that's the only thing lighting him and then we see sylvie coming in behind him as we've just heard that the magic powers have been uh have been undampened uh within the tva by obi um wiping the system and we just see the hands and the green uh mist coming out of sylvie's hands as she controls x5 x5 walks back into the room and prunes renslayer from the timeline that's a massive moment yeah really surprised uh, that that would happen in this episode uh, that we have him walking back in under control of sylvie to uh, prune her from the timeline uh, that's really interesting but as you say if it's all playing into the plan of he who remains renslayer has done her bit she's achieved what she needed to achieve exactly here. yeah and that's the thing. It, it's just, um, it, yeah, it was so good. I mean, I just liked how X5 came in. It's like, oh, you know, kind of a little bit kooky. But yeah. after the pruning, ultimately, just the green of the eyes come in mm-hmm. as you realize the enchantment they're working, which was really good and yeah. felt a little creepy as well. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good scene. A complete shock that Renslayer um, w- was pruned there. But yeah. as I say, it feels then these have literally been pawns on the chessboard. Yeah. Um, they think they're kings, queens, castles, bishops, mm-hmm. and knights, but actually 
they're the row in front yeah. and they just don't know it. They've been given that false sense. And I, it's, it's all around that, I think. Exactly. Uh, to me, anyway. Yeah. I might be completely off the wall, but it's just the only way I can make sense mm-hmm. of fade to white where everyone is effectively, uh, being taken out. Yeah. I mean, this is like the Armageddon of the TVA. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think you're totally right. You know, that whole, the whole, uh, introduction of Miss Minutes in this series with Renslayer coming back to her in 1863, 1868, sorry. Um, she just said three phrases to her, this book, this window, this time. And that sets everything off, which means he who remains looked back through the timeline and said, if we make this one change, then everything leads to this other point. So that is exactly what the plan was of He Who Remains. So uh, I think you're totally right. But other cool things that happen in here, Obi actually wiping the system, shutting it down and resetting it so that Miss Minutes gets uh-huh. deleted. Super. So cool. I loved seeing Miss Minutes flitting and out, uh, stuttering as she went, and the little joke from uh, from Victor, <laughs> <laughs> Victor Timely going, well, that's not necessary to effectively... Uh, mock, mock him mock, mock his stuttering so I thought that was a funny little throwaway line and, and I, I, yeah, yeah, I do and wonder if that go- was Jonathan Majors himself adding a little joke in there about yeah, his stutter. I, it was really good and I, I just sort of the end where this minute has just become the the digital clock that you know mm-hmm. you would phone up back in the 80s to get the time sponsored by Akron shows the time <laughs> now is uh-huh, yeah. just really good yeah. and again like Miss Minutes just the animation here is is really good. Just mm-hmm. as, as the the clock kind of breaks and so on, you see behind the clock face, mm-hmm. and then the clock face kind of phases in and out, but the eye is still kind of just the mechanisms behind. Yeah, uh, really, really well done. Love this. Yeah, really. And as I say, she she has that final say to Victor Timely mm-hmm. of, I need to tell you something. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, what's this? Because yeah. this is really important. Is it part of the plan? And she's like, you'll never be him. Yes. I thought the joke was going to be that she was going to say, I have one more important thing to say to you. And then she'd disappear and never be seen again. Like what we saw in Gen V um, with one of the characters there exploding before delivering his final piece of, uh, yeah. <laughs> of information or advice. So I'm glad that we did get to see Absolutely. that line, of course. Absolutely. Because... Yeah. You know, she's also, that's the moment where it's phased where she looks completely distorted and it looks really evil. Yeah. As she delivers the line of, you'll never be him. And I just think that's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the final big moment that we see, we've talked about it already a couple of times, but I just want to kind of highlight it because I did think it worked really well where Victor Timely takes on his hero role of putting on the suit and going out to the loom to add this item to it to make sure that the uh, timelines are going to be fixed. You know, it's a big hero moment. We've seen it before. We saw Mobius going on this walk before. You're expecting that because the temporal radiation has elevated that Victor Timely will have to maybe move a little faster than Mobius and his suit might break down a little more and maybe he sacrifices himself just in time to sort this out. But literally... Door opens, spaghettified, timely, <laughs> yeah. and Mobius going, what the hell just happened? What do we do now? And OB, the eternal optimist in a way, says, that's it. There's nothing else we can do here as the timeline explodes and yeah. the loom explodes as it's overloaded. Exactly. And, and that, twice, yeah. I feel like in that moment, Victor Timely is pollinating mm-hmm. the just time. Yeah. Um, however it may get woven, um, in the future. And, you know, it's like the fungal spores from the last of us. Mm. It's just, they go everywhere. Mm. Um, you know, there's microscopic elements yeah. uh, and uh, of 
He Who Remains. Yes, everywhere and every when, John. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this. Thought yep. it was an incredible way to end the episode. Me now, too. while we saw the explosion and the fade to white and the timeline exploding towards the window, we didn't technically see any of our major characters die inside the TVA. We're just assuming the explosion of time is coming out. Maybe they're have some kind of protection. Maybe they'll be inside and be Possibly, able to yeah. come up with some plan next week. I like to think that this was the ending of the entire universe yeah, in too. one moment. I think that's a really cool idea. I do wonder if we'll have next week's episode, everybody returning to a point on a timeline, and that's how we started, and they've got to regroup together. They all go back to their original lives on a timeline. Maybe it's something like that. That would be kind of interesting to see them all uh, in their paths, in their places that yeah. they should exist. But I also like the idea of them all still stuck in this room in the TVA, having to work out some way to solve what's just happened in front of them. That would be kind of interesting. And it's referenced this episode. We mentioned it earlier on. Uh, Loki and Sylvie are both gods. So what does that mean? It's been referenced on the show. So there's something there that needs to be um, addressed in the other two episodes. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So very interesting. Great stuff. Uh, Derek, any notes for this episode? Nothing really that we haven't talked about uh, in terms of notes from the episode. I, I just did like Jonathan Major's performance as Victor Timely specifically in this episode. We mentioned him a lot, of course, as we went through the points. But, you know, just those little things of him being so excited by the idea of hot cocoa coming from a machine and him yeah. having those pauses with Mobius to kind of get his head around it. You know, the invention that we saw him um, so spectacularly show Renslayer was the recliner with a refrigerator underneath and now this idea that you could have hot cocoa coming from yeah. a button press of a machine and we have that moment with him and his guard uh, Hunter D90 where he's so excited to show him that he has cocoa and then he's taken by uh, by X5 but um, I just I just like those moments there's just little things that are being played by Jonathan Majors where he's really seeing the idea of this character from the 1800s yeah. uh, in this TVA in the future, seeing all of his inventions, all the things that he's dreamed of come to life. And I think he just plays it so interesting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yourself, John, anything else you wanted to comment on from the episode? It's just the Jurassic Park reference uh, for me. And oh, I'm yes. assuming it's that as Miss Minutes uh, is taking over the systems of the TVA, mm-hmm. we see the temp pads not working. Uh, we just get the, uh, 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 mm-hmm. as someone try, you know, as OB is trying to access it, you just get the, uh, 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 which is so the, uh, 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 from Jurassic Park <laughs> as they're all being shut out of Jurassic Park systems. Yes. Uh, as all the dinosaurs are running amok. Um, and in this case, as time is beginning to run uh, critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I like that little reference. Yeah, really, really good. Good stuff. I think that's it for our notes and variants, John. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Derek, do you defend this episode of Loki? I'm so glad to say I absolutely do. Um, this was so well written. This, this The tie-ups that we had from the previous episodes, everything that was kind of laid out in the past, um, coming to fruition uh-huh. here in this episode was so good. Uh, just the small moments like Sylvie and Loki having their discussion uh, yeah. in the pie um, planet, pie, pie room, uh, I thought was fantastic. Even her um, aggressively going after Mobius for his uh, ignorance of uh, what's happening on the branch timelines I thought were really good. Um, Ob once again a real standout in this show. <laughs> really loving his moments of nerding out with uh, with uh, Victor Timely again. Jonathan Major's performance as Victor Timely here was great. Uh, Renslayer and Miss Minutes was really interesting. The crushing of uh, of Docs and her team was really interesting. Uh, you're wondering 
how you would clear the board so spectacularly in this episode if you don't have a fascinating or really interesting yeah. plan for your next two episodes. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to do in the next two episodes. To kind of wrap it up so far this season, I thought episode one, if we're going by your scoring system, about a five. Episode one was about a four. Episode two brought it down to about a two and a half. Episode three was about a three. And this episode, we're back up to a four and a half. This is the best episode of the season. Um, really, really loved it. So, yeah, great stuff. How about yourself, Don? Do you defend Loki? Season two, episode four, Heart of the TVA. I really do uh, defend this episode of uh, Loki. I-, I think, you know, the heart of the TVA as an episode really does get to the heart of the matter, mm-hmm. both, I think, more globally wide you know widescreen um yep. view of this series to date but also uh in close up with the different characters which i just thought really brought out a lot of meaning and mm-hmm. actually did filter into some of their motivations from the previous episode so mm-hmm. i i think that this episode does generally lift um some of the uh the other episodes okay. uh certainly uh Last week's episode mm-hmm. um, three. Uh, so, so I would give this five mm, pie lands with gravy out of five. Um, <laughs> Not key lime pie with gravy. No, 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 no. This weird. is this is savory pies. <laughs> right. mm. Northern England. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Where you're from originally? Yeah. Yep, definitely. Uh, I do like a good pie, uh-huh. uh, as they say. And um, yeah, so and to me, this was a great pie. Um, full of juiciness, lovely gravy, mm. overflowing with uh, succulent meats, uh, <laughs> tender vegetables, and a lovely crispy egg wash top uh, and no soggy bottom uh, at all <laughs> so i really really did enjoy this i mean it's like you say i i think for me all the interactions here just were on point mm-hmm. like you say whether it was victor timing's kind of awe uh, of the tva and um, the meeting of of victor and ob i love some of the as you say the little jokes here like you got with ob and his model yeah. like with victor timely and miss minute shutting <laughs> down and the stutter uh-huh. are all really kind of nicely paced but at the heart of it really meaningful conversations between you know the, this this trinity of sylvie mobius mm-hmm. and loki uh, around the different motivations and i, I think but i think they all give this hint to the fact that you know what they think they're in what reality they think they're in is probably not and that they are the puppets on the string and mm-hmm. um, and the the conundrums the paradoxes here so it makes it really intriguing certainly with that fade to wire as, as to what will happen mm-hmm. uh, knowing that we've got kang the conqueror already revealed yeah. Um, and yet we have no naming uh, of Kang so far in Loki, mm-hmm. just he who remains. You yeah. know, is it just that simple, you know, Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty moment of where Moriarty stays in the shadow as someone else? You know, the true name not mm-hmm. being revealed, just taking on different monikers to thwart Sherlock Holmes yeah. here. Yeah. Again. Or Loki, yeah. Or well, Loki in this in this <laughs> yes. point, yes. Sherlock um, hasn't appeared yet. That's better to Cumberbatch, right? <laughs> and yeah, and I, I think, as you said, you know that we have to remember Sylvie, Loki are gods. Mm-hmm. So even though it is Fade to White, they could just simply pop up back on Asgard. Yeah, but who maybe? You know, yeah, yeah, I. I, you know, in my mind, gods are outside of time and space mm. here, uh, like the TVA. So yeah. how, how will it work? Um, 
And that I'm really, really excited for. So yeah, uh, five mm, pie lands with gravy out of five. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Well, we find out uh, what our fellow defenders thought, or at least some of our fellow defenders who sent in their feedback to us thought. Yes, fellow defenders. First off, we have an email in from Coffee and Vodka who says, Greetings, fellow spaghettified defenders. Huh, wow, Disney not showing the aftermath of Docs and Company's Boxing Day was the only downside in this otherwise epically fantastic, philosophical, and tense sci-fi event too big to call an episode, Mm -hmm. and one without an end credit scene. Mm -hmm. I can only assume the timelines remain just without a TVA to control them, an ever-expanding universe of space-time, but we'll have to wait and see. In the meantime, the plotting, writing, directing, acting, and everything was so immersive to require another rewatch or five. Mm-hmm. And one of the very few things I've seen were the events so completely overshadowed the players, becoming the star of the show. The only other thing I can hypothesize is that this is the origin of the many Kangs. Mm-hmm. Victor being disassembled and recreated in all the various timelines. Not meaning to sound hyperbolic, but easily one of the best things I've seen on TV. Five fascist smoothies, Sylvie possessed X-Fives, and lack of control rooms out of five. (laughs) Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Oof, wow, yeah. Excellent stuff, coffee and vodka. Best things you've seen on TV, yeah. Yeah, I completely uh, agree here. It's really cool, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big uh, we, sci-fi fan and as well. You know, this is this is really leaning into the sci-fi of the MCU as well. You know, by combining those two things as well as they have in this episode, I kind of get you, a coffee and vodka. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm not so bothered that we didn't see the the Boxing Day mess. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, yeah. but I think you're right. It was really immersive. I, I think it across all aspects of this it was a superb episode um and i'm kind of there with your hypothesis it's exactly what i'm kind of thinking of here yeah yeah. um it's weird isn't it like i I did mention a couple of episodes ago that i needed to see what was going on on the timelines that were being pruned with uh docs's explosions but i just think in that episode the representation of the dot matrix screen of what was happening in the branches being cut I just didn't think it was enough to push it over the edge. Whereas here, the reactions of Miss Minutes, the yeah. reactions of B-15 after the event of the, let's say, boxing of uh, of Docs, um, all of those were enough to tell me what was going on and how horrific the um, execution was. Yeah, exactly. Great stuff, though. I'm glad you really enjoyed the episode, Coffee and Vodka. I really can't wait until next week. Uh, we also got an email in from Victor Timely Von Doom, who says, Greetings, fellow variants. Well, I would call that episode quite the cliffhanger, but it would seem there's not much to hang on to. Miss Minutes sure got under Ravona's skin, though. Miss Minutes' expression as she crushed Docs and company to death was chilling. X5's status as dirtbag is confirmed. The only fun here was Victor and OB geeking out. Victor's quick exit was shocking. <laughs> yes. I feel we might meet another entity outside time and space, possibly eternity or even a beyonder. Looking forward to TVPI podcast feedback and almost fearing episode five, Excelsior Victor Timely Von Doom. Ooh, I didn't think of the possibility of some other um, outside time and space yeah. characters from Marvel like uh, Eternity and Beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, good stuff, Victor. Um, yeah, I'm really um, salivating, not about pies this time, <laughs> but actually about the possibility of uh, linking into Eternity. We, he, you know, 
Eternity has already been introduced in Thor Love and Thunder. That's so, right, yeah. you know, there's a possibility there indeed. And, and that could be really, really interesting. Again, linking some of these movies uh, and connecting them through uh, a bit further, you know, that mm-hmm. could be really, really interesting. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, like yourself, yeah, Victor's exit was very shocking, but just, I thought, really on point for That's this so cool. episode, you know, yeah. effectively events has gone beyond what they could do yeah. um with the the technology. So I, I kind of really enjoyed this. Absolutely. Um and yeah, I do know what you mean about fearing episode five. <laughs> what is going to happen? I'm just wondering, are we going to have a full episode of them in a white space? Because <laughs> then I really would fear that actually. Yeah, yeah. And that wouldn't be good. Absolutely. Don't watch that uh, late at night. Your eyes um, would definitely burn. Uh, (laughs) Great stuff. Thanks, Victor. Yeah, Uh, thanks, Victor. Let's pop on over to Facebook. Yes. uh, First up, we have Doug Green who says the cliffhangers this season have been excellent. Fantastic. Hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. Yeah, good to hear from you. Uh, Yes, uh, the cliffhangers have uh, Mm. been pretty good uh, for sure. Uh, Also on Facebook, Jeff Child says Miss Minutes really is evil. She seemed delighted as Docs and the others were being crushed. Uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think Derek as well, you're right. That crushed could just be replaced with executed uh, without mercy. Exactly. Uh, So she is most definitely the psycho timepiece from <laughs> hell. Uh, also over on Facebook, uh, David Mr. Writer says, I'm genuinely confused about what happened. So I'm going to need people smarter than me to explain this episode. Boys, you're up. Educate me. Did enjoy the Loki to Sylvie, but we're God's line. Mm-hmm. Anyways, looking forward to you guys explaining this to me. I hope we have. I we're hope not- we have. I doubt we're smarter than you, David Mr. Writer, but... I think we've explained what we think has happened. Well, exactly, yeah. and that's it. Um, <laughs> that's all we can do. Or we could so. be totally wrong, and like you, we'll need to have the explanation um, spoon-fed to us uh, in episode five. So what happens at the start of episode five is the Watcher appears on screen <laughs> exactly. with a white background and goes, uh, at this time and space, the end of maybe, the MCU happens. <laughs> maybe finally the Eternals will be explained. I mean, I really, really like that movie, mm-hmm. but... Um, hopefully uh maybe something along those lines but i I do like victor's thought around one of the other entities from the marvel universe outside of time and space coming in here it could be really really interesting and eternity is one of my favorites Mm. uh being a doctor strange fan absolutely absolutely good stuff thanks david yeah thanks david i hope we've helped let us know uh if if we helped explain it uh before next week's episode comes out uh joe herbert says this season is really odd for loki first season was strange but in a good way this feels kind of random i can see why people who watched the first four episodes weren't enthusiastic about the season that's really interesting you say that joe um We've mentioned before that we do sometimes get episodes of uh, the shows for Marvel ahead of time, and this time we actually did receive these four episodes of Loki ahead of time. Uh, unfortunately, we had a really short window to watch them, and we only had a day, basically. Yeah. Uh, it was All four episodes were available. We had other things on, and we did watch all four episodes back-to-back, and I'll be honest with you, binging the four episodes actually put me off the show, and partially... It's because that's a lot of watching. Four hours straight was quite a lot to watch in one go. I did dip in and out and slept a bit. uh, So I didn't get the full meaning of the episodes, I I must admit. Yeah. And it wasn't as good 
watching them as watching them weekly have been. Yeah. And I, I think that the drag of episode two and three mm. actually felt much massive yeah. uh, when watching them back to back. And even to the point where, you know, only on the rewatches has my enthusiasm for this episode four really mm. ignited. Similarly, yeah, I, I just didn't feel enthused about it. So I maybe wasn't quite in the negative space that Derek was in, mm-hmm. but I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is, this is just different. And I, I think to your point, yes, first season was strange, but in, in, in a good way. And yes, there was a different feel to this. Yeah. Um, which didn't quite connect. And, uh, you know, still, I think there's issues here for this season so far, particularly mm-hmm. around some choices being made. Again, I think that overly lent into having to explain things again. Mm. Um, but the breaks in between being able to just kind of sit back and ruminate mm-hmm. on it. has helped in particular for this episode and i think for me for the third episode as well um which i think i took much more positively than Mm. than derek but oh no um, i think i took the third episode more positively the second time i watched it no but you were still pretty like yeah yeah i was kind of going "Mm, not really too sure if the show is for me but this episode absolutely this is back in our in my sci-fi realm that i really enjoy um so that's that's really interesting that you say that joe yeah and Uh, i think that you have uh i think you have you know pulled out a thread of the truth there i think mm. you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah um especially if you're just you know not there to drool over tom hiddleston mm. uh you know <laughs> then it, it can be um a little bit tough with yeah. all the exposition absolutely and from my experience as i'd say while I've really liked this episode, it seems like binging the four episodes back to back is probably a bit too much, uh, at least for me anyway. So while they sometimes say um, these shows are just movies split into episodes, uh, in this case, I think they're really good episodes of uh, of TV. Overall, they work better as weekly episodes. But that's just my opinion. Uh, good stuff. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, uh, thanks, Joe. Heather Wallace says, colors really stood out for me in this episode. Green and orange. The pie room only had key lime pie and that radioactive green. There were green swirls in the flooring. The top of Obi's overalls was a soft green and Loki's eyes were an iridescent green in that close-up shot. By contrast, Miss Minutes and the retro computer terminal stood out as orange, and the light from the loom started orange until it became blinding white. I'm not sure if the colours serve a plot or just the look, but they were so much more noticeable this time around. The cliffhanger for the episode, though, was a jolt. Although I've been having trouble with my internet connection all week, so when it went on for a few seconds, I thought the blackout was on my end. (laughs) But no, it was all hope being extinguished. I have to add that Sylvie destroying Mobius for wanting pie was mean. If the universe is ending and there's cheesecake, you'd better believe I'm eating it. <laughs> I think I'm with you, Heather. Absolutely. I'm totally going for that cheesecake. Yeah, me too. Not the key blind pie, though. Well, yeah, it's, mm. it's very, very green. It is. It is. Unnaturally so. Yeah. It is interesting that you say about the, about the colors for the episode. I do think the season has been so interesting from a design point of view. We mentioned the production designer himself was the director of uh, episode three, um, and has been heavily involved in the show. Uh, it has expanded and has grown from, uh, from Loki season one, uh, still in the same, style but we're spending so much more time in the tva that you're really getting to feel that stylistic choice um that they've made to have the tva looking the way it does so you may be right there may be some um symbolism between the green and orange in there i can't pick it out that's not that's not a talent i have unfortunately um but i i definitely say the look of it the style of the episodes have been really interesting this season and particularly this episode i thought looked fantastic it felt like something you could go and watch on the big screen without a doubt 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. Uh, good stuff, Heather. Uh, thanks thanks so. so much for the feedback. Uh, also, Richard Blaze says, I personally loved this episode and mm-hmm. probably the strongest of Series 2 so far. But then again, I'm a sucker for a Back to the Future reference or the odd Jurassic Park 1 too. Mm-hmm. But whilst I enjoyed it being solely in the TVA, I did spend most of it going, huh, what, eh, hang on. But that means... Just what? Uh, he better make good on his promise, and it all makes sense in the last two episodes. Uh, my only idea is that now Victor has been consumed by the radiation, he became every part of the loom, and therefore could be in all timelines. But honestly, I'm just clutching at threads. Boom, boom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> excellent stuff. Uh, also, did anyone else sit in silence during the end credits? Open-mouthed, waiting for an extra clip. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and yeah. I mean, until even just the credits came on, I was like, going, uh-oh, okay, what's happening here? Yeah. Um, And then we just went to credits, and I was like, oh, okay, that's happening. Yeah, yeah waiting for that sort of mid-credits uh, clip or mm-hmm. end-credit clip just to kind of... uh provide a little bit more context but yeah. no or some kind of trailer for episode five or something <laughs> anything at all yeah uh, although the music was fantastic you mentioned earlier on sounding very like a doctor who type theme uh natalie hills this season has done such a great job uh, on the themes for loki i think they've been spectacular but this episode particularly felt pretty epic mm. with that music in there uh i'm a big doctor who fan i think their music has always been really epic so uh, i think the touches she's brought to it this episode have been really really absolutely. good absolutely good stuff thanks richard Thanks, Richard. Final piece of feedback comes in from Dr. Bob Phillips, who says, This swept me up like a big wave and failure to hang on to the surfboard. Lots of stuff happening. Lots of driving forward with gasps of understanding bits. But we are gods. And the book autographs bootstrap paradox and being properly surprised by the spaghetti of Timely, the death of the multiverse and just how evil, evil Miss Minutes really was. Ended up gasping on the shore and deciding I need to get back and experience that again and half wondering if there will be a reset and return having occurred. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Have we reset everything? Has everything gone back to a different place than we uh, were at the oh, beginning yeah. of Loki season one yeah. or yeah. season two? Yeah. No, like that idea mm. for sure. Um, yeah, no, that'll be interesting to find out. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, sucked in and spat out like <laughs> any big wave, I guess. That's uh, the adventure Bob, of this episode. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I, I love your little reference to, uh, to Umbrella Academy there with the bootstrap paradox, uh, that we learned about in that time traveling yep. show, uh, as well. So, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Glad you're enjoying it, Dr. Bob, as well. Uh, or at least, uh, experiencing it like, uh, the, the half drowned surfer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much, Dr. Bob, for the feedback and also to all the other fellow defenders uh, providing their feedback. Really good to get your thoughts, theories, observations, especially on this episode mm-hmm. with what happened in it. So uh, really good stuff. Uh, thanks so much, fellow defenders. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Loki Season 2 podcast. We'll be back next week with, of course, Episode 5 of the show, if there is one. Um, at the moment, we are covering some other very different comic book shows uh, on our podcast on TV Podcast Industries. Uh, we're coming out with our final episode of The Boys spin-off Gen V next week. We just covered the penultimate episode this week. Uh, really excited to see how that show ends. And a brand
brand new very bloody superhero show will be starting next week with Invincible Season 2 from Robert Kirkman um, we'll be kicking off our coverage of that as well myself and Chris uh, taking on duties for uh, yes. that show so. the animated Invincible yes indeed. that's true it just feels very very bloody so I forget to say it's animated yes <laughs> uh, but great stuff fellow defenders for joining us remember um, to share the podcast because of course sharing the podcast is of course sharing, sharing the, the love. love yes it is happy Halloween everybody Indeed, fellow defenders. Yes. Boo. <laughs> if you're dressing up as any Marvel characters, send us pictures. We want to see them. Uh, you can pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV Podcast Industries or email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, we'd love to see some uh, awesome costumes and cosplay of the MCU in horror form. I'd like to see some some uh, zombie Captain Americas. He's one of my favorite ones from Marvel Zombies. Yeah, I just want to see good Doctor Strange. Of course. Beating the hell out of Captain America. Or a zombie Doctor Strangers. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Even better. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yeah. Thanks so much, fellow Defenders, for joining us. As always, it's fantastic uh, chatting all things Loki uh, with you. In the meantime, and until the next episode, keep watching, keep listening, and, of course, keep defending. Bye. Bye.